Catch new episodes of Dial the Gate weekends at youtube.com slash dial the gate. And for the latest schedule, visit dialthegate.com. Good morning, GateCon. All right. Francis, save my ass. Run titles. Good morning, GayCon! Sunday. Have you had a good event? Thank you. I have not asked this of you yet. Please log into YouTube, dial the gate, subscribe to us, like this panel. It'll encourage the algorithm to uh, uh, get more Stargate content going. Enough of that gobbledygook out of the way. Mr. Peter DeLuise and David DeLuise, please. It takes a minute. There Does you go. it take a minute? Yeah. So I'm not the first one to do that? No. Yeah, I think you're good now. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Hello, Vancouver. Thank you so much for accepting our offer to come back. This is a privilege. This is a treat to have you both together. I am pr- privileged. David Deloise. Right? Nice Peter, I'm your older brother. I'm privileged to call this one my friend. And uh, his little dachshund, whom I see before, his great uncle. Little Tony. Tony. Um, so this, this is an absolute treat. So thank you. Well, I, I kind of had to. You had my brother. I had no excuse, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go for questions right off the bat. So um, that one is going to come up uh, at near the end of the show. So, oh, okay. That, that person has to hold their question? Yes. The whole is time? That the, the, one, the one sitting in the front row there? Was it, is that, is, was it for the one sitting in the front row? Well, you know what? Let's go ahead and, let's go ahead and have him ask the question. All right. This better be good. <laughs> Hello. It's working. Hello. There we go. Hey, uh, this question's for Peter. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure if you remember all the actors you work with or whatever, but uh, there was an episode... Uh, in season two, episode 20, called Show and Tell, where there was a, uh, a young kid walking through the Stargate, a Ritu, and uh, I hear working with kids can be very difficult. I hear that guy might be kind of a jerk, and I was just wondering if you had any memories of working with that young actor. I don't, I don't know if I should... Is he done with this question? Is that Greg? Is that Greg? Jeff. Jeff, it's, it's, it's Goko, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Last name Goko, right? You, That's you're right. the dude. You're the actual dude. Come, come here, man. Come here. Get, get up here. Get up here. Get up here. Jeff, come on stage. So they, come, come on over here. Come on over here. So you had to come through the Stargate, right? That's right. All right, let's reenact this. Okay. Right, so you go through the Stargate. <laughs> so you came through the Stargate, right? And we looking, shot- like, looking like Kenny. We shot it. We shot your feet, and then we, we then we uh, tilted up, right? Okay, so we're tight shot on the feet coming up, and stop. And then we came up, and it was a little kid. It was, it was and it was you, right? That's correct. That's right. And you were pointing a gun at me. I was. I was. All right. I'll be the. I'll be the guy in the gun. I was in the gun, right? And then, and they went, and then the thing stopped, 
And I was pointing the gun at you, and I looked to the side. Is that a little kid I'm pointing a giant gun at? Yeah, that was my cameo for that particular episode, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, that was kind of cool. And then, because you were underage at the time, I had to shoot you out, didn't I? And uh, you looked at me and you said, what are you going to do? How are you going to shoot me out of this scene? I'm, I'm the focus of this entire scene. And I was like, oh, this kid's getting on my last nerve. All right. <laughs> and to endear myself to you, I gave you a game shark. That's right, and also in exchange for not consuming any sugar on stage. Right, because he wouldn't want you getting antsy, right? Yes, and I was very into the fuzzy peaches at the time. Oh, mm. fuzzy peaches. Sounds dirty when you say it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, give, give me a hug, dude. Well, uh, I'm so glad you're here. That's yeah, thank awesome. You. Thank All you. Right. See ya. Yeah. All right, don't trip on oh, your I, way I, out. I'm aware. All right. <laughs> That's cool that he's here. You guys all remember that episode? And he had the little the hoodie. The, yeah, that was neat. I really liked that. I, can't, I remember him looking up at me with this really smug expression on his face. Because obviously you'd worked before. But he was like, how are you going to shoot me out? I turned into a pumpkin in like five minutes. Anyone else have a have a question? Did we go in? There's no. one in the back. The paddle. The paddle number two. Two. Oh. Hi. Um, thank you for being here. Um, we just rewatched Fragile Balance, and uh, always amazed at um, the performance by Minnie O'Neill. You know Michael Welsh, and I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that episode. Michael Welsh. So that was um, Minnie Me for uh, Richard Dean Anderson. Uh, That's right. So. Uh, because uh, Michael Welsh had not watched the show, he, what, what ended up happening was I took on the role of just do it like this, right? Uh, and, and I said, uh, because I was so familiar with the way in which the dryness and, and the, uh, the personality that, that, that Richard Dean Anderson inevitably would, would say his lines, I would just cut through the, the BS and just go, look, he just does it like this. Mm-hmm. He stands like this. He throws these things aside. And by the time Richard Dean Anderson got on set, it was, it, he had his... Um, his tics. He had his tics and his little thingies uh, kind of figured out. And also, Michael's an excellent, was at the time a very excellent... He's not here too, is he? He's not. Oh. <laughs> I have only so many rabbits I can pull right. out of my head. Right. Yeah, so, so uh, um, the wryness, the behavior... Uh, and it's always amusing when a, a grown-up's personality is stuck in a child's body, right? So that, that, that's an interesting thing, if you can, if you can I, pull that I, off. Yeah. No, I know no one who behaves that way. No? At, at all. So. He's me. He means me. <laughs> <laughs> I did the... I, I, no, no, go. I'm done. I mean, well, I, I don't know what else I can, what more I can say about that was Michael Welsh was imitating me imitating Richard Dean Anderson. That, that's how that, how that worked. And yeah. he was also having a bit of, of acne uh, that week, and he was like, I, I really need this to like go away. And Peter was like, leave it. It's a kid going through hormones. Of course. You know? He's like, ah, oh, Peter Deloise is a sick genius. Well, there's nothing we could do to fix it. If it's well, makeup, three, like cover it with makeup. And you were like, right. no, let's but bring it three, out. A three, oh, just, just so you know, a three-dimensional uh, yes. thing is not, you're never going to fix that unless you, unless you throw money at it and, and, and post <laughs> and, as a visual effect, right? Yeah. David, yeah. what was the advice that Peter gave you oh, yeah, yeah. when you showed up? I love this line. I was, I was asked 
I was asked uh, the other day, you know, did I audition for it or what happened? And, and you had called me and said, you know, you guys wanted me to come and do this. And then when I got there here, you said, you have to act like a grown-up, David. <laughs> and that, and, and yeah. I want to do a whole thing with you where I act like Peter and then Peter acts like me, which is, how do, how do, you, how do you imitate me? Uh, David, you have to act like a grown-up. Okay. No, but I, I, I love that, and I, I, I talked about the fact that I got to do this part and be a grown-up, so it was really fun to, to do that. Well, you're playing a police officer who is dating See? a really brilliant uh, 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 scientist, yeah, military scientist. person. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Would, and I was like, and if you look like a goof, You'd make uh, uh, Carter look like a goof, because why would she be interested in a guy like you? And how did I do, everyone? I... Absolutely. Oh, that's funny. Okay, more questions. Here we paddle, the paddle one. Hello. Um, so Stargate has been off the air for many, many years, and we as fans are still showing up to conventions and stuff like that. And so what do you think about the fans still loving the show and coming back? I think it's great. That's a brilliant answer. So, <laughs> That's a brilliant answer. Dude, subtitles, Peter just said, you're an idiot. No, I'm kidding. But, but, um, I think when a show is... Like, it's a little bit dated. There, There is the odd mullet haircut, right? But overall, it's a testament to the quality of the show when when people can still enjoy it mm-hmm. and, and and they can introduce their kids to it and it still holds up as as uh, not period or very, you know... Um, like, I, I did a show called uh, 21 Jump Street as a much younger person. Mm-hmm. But it was because we were trying to be, uh, you know, fashion-forward... A lot of the things that we did on the show don't hold up, and they look, you know, quite frankly, they look ridiculous, including my my mullet hair. Yeah, but we loved your mullet, Peter. Thank you for my for that. Uh, I didn't know I had hockey hair at the time. The mullet, I, I thought I was just copying uh, Mel Gibson from Lethal Weapon. I thought that's a good haircut. I'll just do that. So I, I'm getting sidetracked. But the the point I'm trying to make is, if the material holds up um, over time, that's a testament to. The, the, the core thing. I mean, there were two fr- franchises off of that, right? Mm-hmm. And then if people are still following the show and they're still invested in it, that's another reason to bring it back, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that if it does come back, one of the, um, one of the, 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 the reasons it will uh, have come back is because of you all that are sitting right there taking the time to, to, uh, to show your interest in, in the, the original material. Yeah. yeah, like Brad said, it's evergreen, you know? There's something about it. There's, yeah. it, it continues to remain topical in some spooky cases, becomes more topical depending on the subject well, over time. Agreed. And it's absolutely without, without compromise or without, without uh, uh, comparison, that rather, it is the absolute best tool to tell the story. It is the perfect, perfect, quote, door in, unquote, to getting through any story. All you have to do is walk through this door, this portal, and you, there's, 
anything. You can find anything you want on the other side of that portal. And Brad Wright and Jonathan Glasner knew that when they were uh, producing Outer Limits, and they saw that the show was an MGM property, and they went, that's got to be a series. That's the most perfect uh, story device in, in, the, in the history of story devices. And so that, that's how that came to pass. And it still is. It's still the most perfect uh, way to, uh, to start a story. All you have to do is walk through that thing, and you can find anything on the other side. Boom. Yeah. <clears throat> Yes, there's not a paddle, but a hand. Oh, there's another paddle. Oh, I have, there's, there's paddle two. Do you have there to pay go. extra for the paddle? Yeah. I think they're tipping the guys, frankly. That's yeah. how they do it all oh, these years. Okay. Hi, guys. Um, I was wondering if you could say, bigger. Yeah, so that's us from Wormhole Extreme. It's yes. a posture as well. Yeah, so, so um, on Wormhole Extreme, we, I was, we had this running joke. They were the the, the uh, special effects guys were showing the explosions and I had to say, so the first one was, no, no, bigger. What what is it about the word bigger that you don't understand? Right? Look at my lips. Bigger, bigger, boom, bigger. <laughs> I I actually have a question, yes. I, and I just thought about uh, this is not a plant or a thing. How did it come about to have Dan on the show what, to, to do Ergo? And I was having breakfast with people today, and they, they said that that was one of their favorite episodes. Ergo, top five, easily. Yes. So one of, the, one of the staff writers, whose name escapes me at the moment, the one who was credited by the written by on that, he, I think, pitched a story uh, where, whereby the amalgamation of their inner child, their id, their AI id, what's coming together. Tor Alexander Valencia. Tor. It was, I, think, I think it started with Tor's pitch, and Brad recognized that that would have to be a very special character, the AI. Um, is that something you need to deal with? Keep no. going. Um, and so I remember Tor had this really interesting sort of shit-eating grin on his face and he and, he and Brad kind of came up to him and he went uh, we have this idea we want to know what you think so there's this fun episode and we were thinking that uh, maybe your dad could play the, the the title role and I was like my dad my dad my dad does comedy like this isn't the, the, his brand of comedy is not conducive to this are you sure and they go well we think when you hear the idea and, and after I heard the idea I was like oh my dad's <laughs> gonna kill this this is gonna be awesome yeah. so yeah uh, um, I remember uh, being on speakerphone and, uh, and, and they, uh, Brad was on the speakerphone and dad was in Vermont and we, had, we owned a, a house in Vermont, and my, my dad was in the back, and we were making small talk. And he said, I'm just looking out at the... I said, hey, Dad, it's, a, it's, it's your son, Peter. Yeah, I remember you. What do you want? Yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, so I'm here with Brad Wright. He's my boss from Stargate, and they were thinking, uh, he, well, I'll let him talk. And my, and my dad said, well, I'm just looking out at the view, so go ahead. I'm not doing anything. Just, just ask me what you're going to ask me. And I was like, okay. And so Brad started in, and then my dad went, Oh my God! It's a, it's a, it's bigger than a bread box. It's it's got a tail. And I was like, 
Oh, he's, he's looking at the woods. There's uh, wild creatures out in the, in the forest. That's, that's what that is. He doesn't segue. He doesn't transition at all. He just, and Brad goes, I know, I know, I get it, I get it. And after Brad was done uh, finishing telling, uh, my dad was going to say yes no matter what he was going to say. It was like it was an excuse to come up to Vancouver, and it was a job, and he didn't have to audition. And, uh, which see, he, he didn't. see his child? Yes, you know? yes, that was, that was all part of it. So, I mean... Uh, my dad was like, oh, yes, 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 yes. He's like, well, we haven't finished this. It's not just one character. It's two characters. There's, is it Togar? Togar. Togar. Togar, yeah. So he had to play oh, yeah, two. Togar. Yeah. So, he, yeah, so he was super in that. And then the whole, the whole rest of it was just making sure he was comfortable, right? Because um, we gave him a, a, a really substantial chair. You know the one in the kitchen? Mm-hmm. That chair was from Stargate. Oh, right. Yeah. So <laughs> that chair, the, his onset chair was a substantial chair, and he could sit right there, right next to where he needed to be. Right. He, he had a hard time getting around and yeah. walking, and his, yeah. his hips were not great. So yeah. that was the so that, that, and you cool. can kind of tell when he's moving around, but he was, he was yeah. so full uh, in, in every other aspect of that. And so getting him there and making sure he was comfortable so he could be the funniest guy possible, that, that was all the, the trick of that. And then... He liked this chair so much that the Stargate production wrapped it up and sent it to him, and he, and he sat on that chair for, I don't know, the rest of the his rest life. The rest of his life on, in, in the kitchen. That was his main chair yeah, that he would hang out in. And directing him. Well, directing him was awesome because I knew what he could do, and I knew that we shouldn't limit him to the just the So I always kept him alive in the two shot, and then I would shoot, I'd shoot him and then keep keep that alive in the two shot and then I'd shoot the other person but the two shot would keep him going right so I'd get an, another a couple extra takes out right yeah. and then he would just make stuff up and the other actors would be just like, try not to laugh as best they could <laughs> Christopher Judge Christopher said Judge, you, you want to go and see some, um, fr- some bloopers yeah. the ergo the amount of apparently according to Christopher the amount of tape yeah. film that you guys went through yeah, yeah, was uh, fairly extreme quite a lot so. and then to, to Brad Wright's credit I could I only had a certain amount of time in the editing room, so I, you know, I put in all the the jokes that I thought were were there. But Brad went even deeper, and he went to all the he mined all the the the, the gold nuggets. And also, it, it was up to him to like how how much do we dare go with these with these ergo jokes or not, right? And God, he, that was a good question. So yeah, <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah. You got another one? Paddle, paddle, paddle. Where's the paddle, paddle? Who's got the paddle? I see a, there you a go. paddle there over there. It is. I see, yeah. Uh, hi. So uh, one of my favorite episodes was Upgrades. Um, <laughs> and the bar scene with uh, where Sam's, you know, doing the pool shot and stuff. I don't remember where I learned this, so I'm wondering if you guys could elaborate more on it. But, like, the bed on the table and the people in the background, it was... Really, I remember learning it wasn't really so much acting as it was an actual bet and everything. And I was just wondering if you guys uh, could elaborate more on that. O'Malley's at the restaurant. Oh, the pool shot. Yeah. You know, I I didn't direct that one. That was so. The upgrades is the one where they're all moving around like the Flash, like super fast. Um, I I wish I knew the answer to that. I'm so sorry. I, I I didn't direct that episode, and I was probably prepping the next one, and so I I'm out of the loop. I apologize for not, not having the answer to that, how they, how they did the pool shot. I don't know the story as well. No. <clears throat> Shame on me. Who else? 
There we go. Panel, two. There's panel two. Yeah. Hi. Um, I was just wondering how you actually got involved with Stargate. Take us back to the beginning. How did you get into it? Oh, how did you get involved? So uh, there are two producers, um, Jonathan Glasner and John Smith, N. John Smith, which totally sounds like a fake name, right? Like he's, <laughs> like he's in the Witness Protection Agency or something, right? Uh, both of those fellas were on a show called 21 Jump Street, and 21 Jump Street is how I got my start as a, as a director. And so I was uh, periodically coming up here to try to uh, audition for uh, local stuff. And John Smith was there uh, doing a uh, show called Two, T-W-O, which was uh, East, Eastman. Uh, was it was a, a evil twin and a good twin. It was uh, in the old days. And I, was, I have no idea what it is. But yeah. I was auditioning for that show. And, and after the audition was done, John said, hey, you know, if you lived up here and you had your Canadian uh, resident status, you could qualify for Canadian content, and I could hire you as a director because I know you're a good director because you directed 21 Jump Street, which I used to work on. I was like, I'll take you up on that. So I got, it took me a while, but I got my landed immigrant status as a Canadian, and uh, I, I called him, and I said, hey, John. I went through a fair amount of trouble to get my uh, status, and it, uh, as I said, it took two years, and I called him up, and I was super excited, and I said, John, I got my status. I'm up here, and I'm in Vancouver. Uh, do you have a job for me? And he's like, well, two's canceled, so I don't. And then uh, th- this other show that I'm working on, Stargate, uh, has all the, the, the jobs are full, uh, but um, you'll be the first alternate. And I thought, basically, he was giving me the heave like, you went through all this trouble for nothing. You're not going to get a job. And then Mario, as a party, as it happens, uh, dropped out of his uh, directing assignment to go do a, um, a movie of the week, which, um, which was a, a better deal for him, which left an opening for me. So John said, well, we're going to slot you in. And Jonathan Glasner knew who I was already from having worked with him. So he, said, he, he had his blessing as well. And um, I had never worked with uh, Brad White uh, before that moment. Um, but, um, you know, my, my job on that first show was just to endear myself to the cast, especially Richard Dean Anderson, because if he doesn't like you, you're out, man. <laughs> so, so I was like, I'm going to try to do the best I can and yeah. get through this. And uh, it went well. The courting phase went well. And they had me back. <laughs> and that's the fastest way I could tell that story. There we go. Thank you for your question. <laughs> Anne-Marie was in um, The Other Side. Mm-hmm. Any, uh, yes. And, and? Uh, and Cameron Mitchell's uh, ex yeah. from... Um, Bounty? Was it Bounty? From Bounty, yes. Yeah. And she was mentioned earlier. What's her name? The Bounty character? Or no, Cameron Mitchell's uh, ex-girlfriend? Anne-Marie would know. Anne-Marie, stand up. Oh. Anyway, there she is. Yay. My wife. I wake up to that every morning. Can you believe it? Amy Vandenberg, everyone. Amy. Nerny, nerny. Amy Vandenberg. Yes, there we go. Correct. What yes. was it like having uh, Anne Marie in production on the other side? So the other side was awesome. You played Feral, right? Yeah. I remember that because there was a, uh, an ice cream uh, 
a franchise in, in California called Farrell's. So I remember <laughs> Farrell, yeah. And um, yeah, so you had, your hair was all swept back and you had the uh, sci-fi do, and she was the lieutenant of Rene Abigenois. I said Great. the reconnaissance that vessel times, yes. was an unmanned drone. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That was the big twist at the end. <laughs> and Amory, we dropped a rock. Amory was the lieutenant, and they were all white people, and that was, well, that was another uh, plot twist. Mm-hmm. And they were warring against the, uh, uh, the, the black and brown people who were the breeders. The breeders, yes, that's right. They, yeah, they were just breeding willy-nilly without... Indiscriminately. Any, indiscriminately, yeah. And so Amory was part of the, uh, the bad guy group, and she has piercing blue eyes, which still haunt me to this day. And, <laughs> and uh, she was amongst the, the, the bad guys, the white guys. And then at the end, uh, the, the, it was rumbling. and uh, the Typical James Bond ending, the, the headquarters is caving in. We've got to get out. Yeah. So um, I was like, well, we don't know what happens to Anne-Marie's character. We've got to figure this out. So what we did was I said, uh, let, oh, undo a quick cutaway of Anne-Marie... Uh, looking up and, 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 and shying away from a giant uh, rock that's threatening. And we, and we, and we dropped, uh, in first force perspective, we dropped a giant styrofoam rock in the foreground, not unlike what you would see in uh, um, Wormhole Extreme. Yeah. Just getting them thrown and, at him. And so as we dropped it, she she's, was so on it that she went, she looked up, she went, ah! And then she fell exactly underneath the, the trajectory of this giant rock. As it's rock. in front. And I was looking at, uh, I wasn't looking at her at the time, I was looking at the onboard camera, as I want to do, to make sure we got the shot. And I thought she had really been hit. And I thought, oh my God, I just, I just, I just bonked my girlfriend on the head with a giant rock. (laughs) And so I was super, and I was, are you okay? And she got up laughing. She says, of course I am. There's the rock. There's me. (laughs) <laughs> that's what you set up. And I was like, yeah, okay, I'm not usually this, this uh, precise. Ans- precise or antsy. <laughs> yeah. but, and then Emery uh, uh, was so good that we had her back later for Bounty, and she got to kiss on uh, Browder. Mitchell. Yeah, Absolutely. And, well, he kissed on her, and I was like, hey, 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 yeah. hey, one take at a time, buddy. <laughs> give, it a, give it a rest. Yeah. It was so great to have her back. That was, that was a great little joke because Amy had been mentioned earlier and, you know, the writers are like, What's, there's some kind of, we've already mentioned someone, let's reuse that character, That's let's great. build the world. I love when they do that. I love Absolutely. when they mention a character and then they introduce it for real uh-huh. and then they have to go back in the files and figure out, what, what was your name again? Yeah, That's right. I love that stuff. There you go. Number one here. Number two, please. Number two. Okay, we'll get to number one. You hang tight. Yes, you're next. After these messages. Um, I've been hearing a lot of people talk, and Uh I'm not real caught up in it. This is Stargate. (laughs) No, no, I'm real caught up in that. I'm talking about the behind the scenes. And I was just wondering, um, David, you talked a little bit about what you were doing the other day. I would like to hear Peter talk about what he's doing now. Um, I don't know whether it's directing. Are you doing any cameo acting? Peter, like, directing Peter, currently? Like currently? Yeah. Yes, okay. yes, right now. He's I know- doing a show called When Calls the Heart. He does many, many directing gigs. He's very busy. Can I have a job? No. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, uh, my, my brother's right. I, I, so I'm currently working, I, a lot of the jobs that I'm getting uh, lately have been from Hallmark, the Hallmark Channel. Does anybody here watch the Hallmark Channel? Oh, crossover, nice. So not just sci-fi all the time. Although some people might think uh, When Calls the Heart is a bit of sci-fi because it's a, it's a parallel universe where everything is wonderful. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I've been doing. I've been directing uh, When Calls the Heart quite a lot. Yeah. Do you, uh, if an acting part came up, would you do acting oh, still? Sure. Do, you, yeah. do you enjoy that as well? Now? I, I mean, I, I know you and Anne Marie did a movie recently, right? Well, we were role playing for uh, oh. to spice up our marriage. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> we did. We did summer. What is it? Summer honey. All summer long. That was, a, that was a thing that we did together where we, 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 we took on a, a project, a boat project, and we made it into a dinner cruise. Uh, but, yeah, so I, I mourn the loss of being able to perform. Uh, one of the, one of the uh, unfortunate byproducts of, of, of um, being a director is I make, I make more money and I have tons of responsibility, which is awesome, except my lifestyle is uh, reflective of that. Right, so when I try to work as an actor, especially as a local Canadian actor, it's almost impossible uh, to pay those those bills that I that I have to, to pay. Right, so so if I'm going to do it, it invariably has to be something that I'm already directing because I'm available because I can't turn down directing jobs to do acting no. jobs. And um, and the other part of that is a lot of these Canadian actors that you are seeing up here, they have all. They're committed, right? They're, so they, you know, if they're going to have a family and they're going to, they have a mortgage and stuff, they've got to, they've got to hit the ground running, and they have to work all the time. So they're they're constantly plugging away, and many many Canadian actors have to have a secondary income to to fill in the gaps. Yeah. Otherwise, they can't pay for the private school and the, and, and the mortgages. Yeah. Some American actors do as well. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Virgin River? Uh, you, know what, you know who's doing uh, Virgin River is Martin Wood. Uh, that's a wonderful uh, series. I, I, I have, I have, uh, I've seen, I've seen uh, I'm all, almost all caught up. I haven't seen this last season, but I, I'm all caught up. If you haven't seen Virgin River, I highly it's recommend good. it. And it's Martin Wood, good. I think Andy McKeady even works on okay. that show, does he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so I don't know why they don't call me. <laughs> I'm available, but... Yeah, that's a, uh, that's a wonderful show. And I, I, I wish I was on it, but I'm not. But Andy Makita and, and Martin Wood are directing that show. Number one, we're back. Number one. Peter, can you share a story from Sequest? Story from Sequest. Sequest. Dagwood, Dagwood. So you know Sequest. Who here has even heard of Sequest? Yes. Yeah, that's pretty cool. You want me to share a story from Sequest? Okay. Hello, Horsey. Uh, hello, Horsey. That was a good one. Um, Patrick Hasberg was a writer, producer, showrunner on 21 Jump Street, and he migrated to Sequest. And so he called me and he said, there's this interesting exotic part that I think you would be right for. And this is after Whale Song. Correct. I had I had done with Jonathan Banks was amazing. Was, yes. We are gonna leave. Yeah. Turn ourselves in. So that was the first. So uh, Patrick said, uh, we, "You know, there's this guest spot. It, you know, it's not much of a thing, but it is something. So we'll we'll, we'll get you in there." Uh, and then a new part was coming up, which was scheduled to be a local. So they were moving the show from L.A. Universal L.A. to uh, Orlando. Correct. 
and they had designated that part, the part that I ended up playing, as a local part. So they weren't going to pay the extra money for the re, uh, the salary or the or the um, relocation. Thank you, honey. Uh, relocation fee. <laughs> and, you go, girl. Yeah. And and uh, because it was such an exotic, wonderful character, I was like, this right. feels cool. Oh, yeah, I would love to do this. And uh, I knew at the time that. He had the, the mottled skin, which was a, a, you know, a, a, a genetic... He was an experiment. Genetically, a genetically engineered, life, engineered form. life form. A gelf, thank you. And where he had all the different skin tones, and that, that mottled look made up his skin camouflage, right? And that's how that was supposed to work. And he had superhuman strength, but because he was... Um, because he was the prototype and they hadn't developed his mental skills very well... They put a over importance on discipline versus um, uh, smarts, mm-hmm. and so he came out not unlike Lenny from *Of Mice and Men*, a, yeah. a big, a big little kid. Uh, so I was like, "This is a great opportunity. I, I really wanted. I don't, I don't really care about the salary. I'm happy to get back yeah. uh, in in front of the camera." So I, so I said, "Yeah, let's let's make this happen." And um, my niece. My daughter, yeah, R- Riley was just learning to talk, and when when she was eight, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she was a great character study for that, yeah. So so anyway, she, you would you you would say say, mama, and, and she would go mm, dada, yeah. right? But this noise. Mm, she was like she was warming up her vocal cords. Mm-hmm. I stole that. I stole that speech thing, and I and so many other more things where I was just relaxing my throat as as characters. And I shaved my head in anticipation of getting the role, only to find out that they couldn't get any of the other uh, gelfs, uh, nicknamed daggers. They couldn't get any of the other actors to shave their heads because oh, they were like, the only one. No, yeah, but and, you were the prototype. But that's what that, that's yeah. how they justified it. But they were like, "Well, Peter's already shaved his head. What are we right, going to do?" Exactly. And it, well, it was good. It was a good look because it was exotic. Now it was right. different. So I was like, oh, I'm happy to keep it. Right. And um, William DeVry was yes. one of the daggers. One of the, and he, William DeVry, ended up playing one of the Tokra. On, 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 yes. Oh, thank you, Aldwin, for, for reminding me. And I had, he had said, What do you think I should do? I mean, you know, I'm, I'm Canadian. I said, Go to Canada, man. Yeah, I totally go to Canada. You, you work all the time. And I think he did. And he, and he did go to Canada, yeah. and he did work all the time, and he ended up being a toker on Exactly. On, you uh, had Stargate. the best one-liners on Sequest. My favorite. I'm not a freak. I'm a prototype. I'm a prototype. <laughs> <laughs> the, the horsey line was ad-lib. Uh, yeah. So the horse horsey. went, hello, horsey. And then but Michael and I had to we were there, walk up. I saw a horsey. Right. A horse? A horse is a horse. And then my brother goes, of course, of course, <laughs> which, is from, which is from Mr. Ed. Yeah. And then, and we were like, oh, we were for sure Patrick was going to get mad at us. He was like, that was hilarious. All right, we're going to keep that. See Sequest if you haven't. It is a gem. One of the best childhood memories of the other from each of you, and then we'll wrap it up. Well, my my childhood memory, I've mentioned this recently, that some, for some reason, my parents left Peter in charge of me and my brother when he was 17, and he... We have these things on sticks with pillows called batakas, and he would wake me up at two in the morning and beat me out of bed and then look at me and go, 
run. <laughs> and then I would run and I would try to turn on the light, but he had already cut the power at the fuse box. And then he would hunt me with a, with a BB gun. No. Um, <laughs> I forgot you were here. Hi, David DeLuise. How are you? That's a, wait, you don't know I, don't you? That's a story. Do you story. tell the story every time? <laughs> Tell the it's story a good story. What do you want? Yeah, but I mean, I was just, we were just uh, kids we're back kids. then. Yeah. Well, now you know where you have to top it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if you. Do you really? We had a do you lot. Tell a story we, often. With the no, I've never told that story. It was brand new. What are you, Peter? Come on. No, I love that story. It's a good story. But there's a lot, uh, David. There's a lot of wonderful you, things. Peter, Peter was a very good older brother, although he would get paralyzed a lot on top of me. <laughs> that was a game we used to play, yes. And, he, and then he would get unparalyzed, and I would yeah. try to move, and then he would get paralyzed again <laughs> on top of me. No, we're not done. He, he, would squeak, he would squirm. He would squirm out, and then I'd go, oh, I'm not paralyzed anymore. And then I, yeah, but, to be, but to be real, we used to make movies when we were kids. That was really... That was the fun time, that we got to be creative, and my dad had gotten us a, a video camera when video cameras were not you guys, easily accessible. You guys remember the old video cameras that had that whole huge cassette thing that was, and you had a, you, had a, you, had, you still have it, and you had to put it on your shoulder, and you, you had to carry it along with you. Yeah. 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 We, we had, had to make movies yeah. as kids. That was what was so fun, you know. And, so. and even before that, my dad would have a Super 8 camera, and he would edit in the camera. So he would shoot the, the master, and then he'd say, now say this. And it was silent, so he would have to, he would, every time he projected the whole movie, he would have to re-loop it for us in real time while we were watching it. And we did, we did Dracula, and yeah, we the, did the Bloody, the Bloody Cave, Cave Brothers. Brothers Your own versions. Yes. yes. Oh, that's and they, cool. And they're on, they're on YouTube, if you look that up. Yeah. You can okay. see that. And Michael, our yeah. brother, did a really smart thing before my dad passed away. He recorded him doing the narration so if you guys want to see that we used to enjoy it yeah absolutely you have to check that one out so so quick quick story you i got to tell a story on him now too right okay so shit uh (laughs) you're not getting out of so my my uh do you guys remember the the movie young frankenstein great So in the Wait, movie I didn't Young realize Frankenstein, we props with the in the, storytelling. In the movie Young Frankenstein, there was a little girl in the, in the little girl sketch where she would be throwing, throwing the flowers into the thing right before the monster came. Do you guys remember that? And it was based on the original Frankenstein, right? Because the pretty little flower would go in the thing, and then the monster picks up the girl and he throws the pretty little thing in the water. And they, but then. Then the, uh, the uh, Mel Brooks's version lampooned that, but the song. And we were about the right age. Um, the song was, Oh, I Love My Pretty Little Flower. And that's what the girl was singing when the monster came up. And uh, so, so uh, for years after that movie came out, invariably, uh, when my brother would go to the can, he would sing, Oh, I Love My Pretty Little Flower. <laughs> And he would never, never close the door. So, oh. He'd be just on the pooper. Uh, oh, I love my pretty little flower. But he didn't know the rest of the lyrics, so he would start again. 
Oh, I love my pretty little flower. So about, about, about 15 minutes into this experiment, you'd say, Oh my God, he's singing, Oh, I love my pretty little flower, over and over and over, with the door open. So, so you'd go, you'd hide around the corner, and you'd go, I'll wait just to the end of this next one. Oh, I love my pretty little flower. And then you'd come around the corner, and you'd say, Will you shut up about the pretty little flower? And he'd go, And you'd scare the shit out of him, which was impossible, because all the shit was out of him by then. Uh, I I don't remember that. (laughs) That was funny. That was funny. Oh, yeah. Ah. Oh, I love my pretty little flower. Can you go back there and and flush? Oh, yeah, I got to flush. Also... One of the most crass movies ever, ever committed to uh, celluloid, Blazing Saddles, yeah. was the only, the only movie we ever had in our gigantic... You guys remember those uh, three-quarter-inch uh, video machines? They were, they were this big, right? And, the, and, the, and they were as big as your head, the cassette. That was the only video we had. So we watched Blazing Saddles... Thousands and thousands of times. And Your we dad's knew, great. We knew every bad word in <laughs> that movie. Oh. And uh, in real life, there were no grown-ups saying bad words in front of us. So we were convinced that the grown-ups who had written this movie had gone to our school to figure out what all the bad words are. Because <laughs> we knew them at school, but no grown-ups seemed to know them, right? Yeah. So we, my dad thought that was quite amusing that, that, that we had, had a complete disconnect and only the, oh, they must have found these words out at our school. Peter and David DeLuise, everyone. Oh, oh I, I love, love my pretty little, little flower. flower. <laughs> guys, thank you so much. Thank you, you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Doctor, doctor. Hope you had a great convention. My name is David Reed for Dial the Gate. Like, share, subscribe. We'll see you on the other side. Dial the Gate is hosted and executive produced by David Reed. The producer is Darren Sumner. Co-produced by Linda Fury. The composer is Neil Acri. Animations by Bryce Ors. The production assistant is Jennifer Kirby. Moderators include Summer Roy, Keith Homel, Tracy Noller, Jeremy Heiner, Reese M., and Anthony Rowling. Logo designed by Deborah J. Bell. Additional effects by Thomas Tots, with contributions by model makers Chris Baker, Stephen Barr, Kevin Zabo, and Tom Paris. The archivists are Linda Fury, Zachary Adams, and Fred Eric Marcoux. For general inquiries for submissions, please contact us at dialthegateshow at gmail.com. Visit our website for the upcoming schedule, as well as an archive of our past episodes at dialthegate.com. <laughs>